3: Ty's got good hair.
4: Nelson, you have the luxury of going before Chuck Barrett. Where do we go from here,
5: man? What's the... uh... Awesome, guys. Well, this is what I want to say about what Charlie was talking about with that route. I mean, there is routes where our, our, our receivers are only going. It's like they're all going 10 yards and then cutting, you know, trying to get open. But that route that Charlie was talking about, Wilson ran the route wrong. He got dislodged, and then he was supposed to break it off at 10 yards, and he went five yards past where he was supposed to broke it off at it, and then cut. That's why it looked so discombobulated on that. Go to SE2 Power Hour. It, it, uh, Carter takes he threw it, and he shows you everything. So that's why it looked so discombobulated on that one. Now, the other ones where they got four receivers that are going 10 yards and then br- making their breaks and they don't have no go routes, they don't have no verts or nothing. It's just ridiculous. But guys, I mean, Danny knows was was a problem, but I'm going to tell you something from that first and and Tommy was talking about it earlier. That first pass, whenever you short hop it to Ty Washington in the end zone and you should have scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. KJ just looked like he was done. He was, the whole game, he was looking looking into the sky. I mean, he, his body language was terrible. At what point do you decide, we need some life, let's put somebody else in here and if they can you get a little juice going? I mean, when do you say, hey, we need some juice, baby? Uh, you know, Griswell, Horton, we need a little juice. We need somebody with a little bit better body language to step in here and lead us down the field. <laughs> I mean, but I don't think unless Guyton goes in there and he's some kind of miracle worker, I don't think the protections are going to get any better. I hope, hopefully the route running will get better, but he's the wide receiver's coach. So how is it going to change yeah. the route running if he's already the wide receiver's coach? Yeah.
2: Nelson, that's a good call and a good point. You know, and the other thing the, the press release said, he's going to call plays. We bring Chuck Baird into the conversation. Didn't say he was being elevated to offensive coordinator. I think that's presumed. But um, you know, what kind of fingerprints will he put on this? Chuck, uh, good morning. I know it's been a, a tumultuous weekend after uh, you know a poor offensive performance and then uh, the, the dismissal of Dan Enos
1: well good morning guys yeah it was uh it was a disaster saturday and you know i also know that what happened yesterday really though is what people are talking about today where do we go from here Uh, i know you've got callers and texters and things lined up and um i know people have a lot to say today we need to do that he had no choice there was no choice to be made other than the choice that was made after the ball game saturday he had to do it and um We'll see where we go from here. I thought Nelson made a good point. I'll say this quickly and let you guys get back to the callers. I am a big believer in body language in every facet of life. I am a big believer in body language. And I will echo what Nelson said a moment ago about body language. What I hope more than anything is that some passion will return on that side of the ball. That's what I see missing right now um and not just in one or two players but in several of them i would expect the energy level to go way up with the change that has been made i hope it does um i think that's the immediate dividend that will come out of it
4: well if it doesn't and the question was contemplated earlier from a couple textures on the mccarty daniel hotline i mean do you have to fire someone else I mean, well, is this a point because we had a texture advocating for, I mean, why does Cody Kennedy still have a job at this point based on how the offensive line was played? I well, think my, my opinion on that is you had a backup plan. I know guidance never called plays in the history of career, but you had a backup plan with him because he's at least played the quarterback position. And I don't think you initially have an offensive line backup plan for Cody Kennedy because it's not like Pittman can well, just take over that. Well,
1: if, 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 if you really look at, The history of in-season firings it is generally a head coach or a coordinator Mm -hmm. it's not to say a pure position coach won't get let go in season but you know as you just said i mean uh, there are certain spots on your coaching staff that you're not going to make a change on until the end of the year you're just not um uh, it's your supervisory positions where you generally have a change come in 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 season, yeah. and this has got a
2: certain, this has got a certain smell, a certain feel of this is a pound of flesh to
1: appease to appease. Oh, the it's masses. a sacrificial lamb? Well, See, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe there's a, a a sacrificial lamb aspect to it. I really don't. I realize that's what a lot of people believe. I really don't think that's what this is about, guys. They're trying to win a damn game. Yeah, well, I mean, just pure and simple. They're 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 not just trying to. I, I mean, their their careers. They're, there's all kinds of stuff on the line right now. Yeah. Offering a sacrificial lamb, I can assure you, is the last thing on their minds. They're trying to win ball games because we can offer all the sacrificial lambs we want. If you don't win enough games, you're going to get fired. That's just how it works. So I, I I I don't buy into the sacrificial lamb thing, but I do believe that anyone with two eyes has been able to see that they have struggled on that side of the ball and there's too much talent over there to struggle as much as they have.
2: And there's been zero improvement from week one. I mean, not, nothing notable, nothing remarkable with the offense. So it makes me wonder, and I know we get back to the calls and the text, but it makes me wonder, did, did these players enjoy playing for Dan Enos? Was that the disconnect that at the end of the day, they just didn't personally want to fight for him? Because that, the, that there's some kind of disconnect we certainly don't understand. Well, we'll
4: find out in Gainesville, Florida, in two weeks. Because if this offense has any sort of explosion, then that makes you wonder if that, again, an, an assessment is, is correct. Let's go to Melvin and Sheridan. Again, taking your calls and texts. We'll hear from Pittman coming up. I'd rather hear from you. Melvin, welcome into the program. Well,
5: I'm not even going to be critical today. i to tell you how much I care. I got a question. Did y'all see uh, Houston get hosed uh Right other day against Texas. Did y'all see the Houston Texas game and uh, they they give the game to uh, uh, Texas?
4: I did not see the end of it. I know Texas kind of squeaked it out, but I did not see the end of that game.
5: Dude, it was like fourth and an inch. The running back clearly got the first down. Uh, they come in and and, and spot him about six inches short. near the ball to Texas, and that's the truth. I'm. I hate Texas, but uh, they just can't give it to them. You know what I'm saying?
4: Well, Big 12 wants that. As much as they're, again, ticked off that Texas and Oklahoma are joining the league, they want lead, lead, one last bite of the Sooners in Texas for their Big 12 championship game in Dallas. The rematch will get a huge television draw. And, no, I'm not surprised by that at all. UCL, UCF took them to the brink, took the Sooners to the brink. That was a great game on Saturday as well, 39 to 20. 31-29, to 29, I think, was the final score. That's not surprising. I didn't see the end of it, but that's been the story of Texas for years, that situation. They get the benefit of the calls, just like Alabama did on Saturday against Tennessee. Not surprising at all. But I wouldn't... I mean, is it, Did you watch any of that game? Did you watch no, the I, second of that game? I, don't
2: know. I just want to talk about the Arkansas yeah. game.
4: Chuck is in Greenwood this morning on the McCarty-Daniel Hotline. Chuck, good morning, man. Your thoughts on what's happened in the last 48 hours or so?
5: I think it was... Uh, it needed to be done. Uh, on, on a couple of y'all's points, um, you know the receivers when they're bunched up like that, they're either running the wrong routes or they don't understand the play. You know what I'm saying? KJ was in uh, KJ missing high, missing low. It's not all. It's not all on the. Uh, it's not all on the uh, offensive coordinator at that point. You know, I know there's some bad plays. It looks like they don't want to play for him, but K.J. hasn't been right the last few games, and there's something up there. Um, That's just the point I wanted to make. Um, It's not all on Enos, but he had to go. Uh, It don't seem like this last game they even wanted to play for him. The body language wasn't there. And, And remember, if everybody's thinking K.J.'s wanting to transfer out, You know, we might have to do something different there if you don't show up this next game. That's all I got this morning, guys. Thanks. Well, you
4: look at Arkansas's offense against the Southeastern Conference this year, it's horrendous. I mean, you're averaging less than 20 points a game. You don't have a single rushing touchdown. 84 rushing yards, less than 200 passing yards. You've given up 24 sacks. And again, a lot of the blame is being pinned on Dan Eno's to this point, but some of it, again, falls
1: on the players themselves. Some of it does. Um, I do think you have to look at history sometimes, and and maybe I delve into that a little bit too much. But I want you to think back to 2015 and 2016. When Pittman left after the 2015 season, um, the next year when this thing all started going south with Bielema was when they blew that lead to Missouri, and then they blew that lead to Virginia Tech in the Belt Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Arkansas lost their physicality. The year after Pittman left and Bielema's that that last year particularly they 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 lost their physicality they were way too finesse um I'm going to be honest with you I've seen a lot of the same things this season um I I I don't um uh, you know it just wasn't working period end of story it just wasn't working and a change had to be made well
4: again that's when they lost the offensive line coach that's what I think so many people are wondering about this morning is coach kennedy coaching for his job the next four games it's one thing to make an in-season firing for the every
1: single one of them is Mm -hmm. every last person is and they know it they know it i mean i'm not breaking any news there every single person's fighting for their job all of
2: them yeah even unfairly the defensive staff because if the head coach goes, well, they all yeah. go. And you that's, see, the, that's yeah, the point. See, they've, got that's to protect, the thing. they've got to protect the king, so they can all stay. Well, because even unfairly, the coaches who
1: have had a great run this year are still at peril. Well, and you're you're you know we 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 focus on what we see, which are the coaches and the players, guys. There's a lot of people in that building, and you're coaching for every single one of them. Because if you go, they all go. right. I'm telling you, when you have a regime change in college football, everybody in the building goes. I mean, right down to the person that answers the phone. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes. You're coaching for everybody's job. Everybody's fighting for their job. And it's not just now. This is what people don't understand. It's every single day. Even when times are good, that's when the pressure really ramps up is when you're good. Um, there's pressure all the time. And so every single person up there is fighting for their job right now.
4: So they made a public announcement at two o'clock yesterday. And again, it picked up steam all over the places reported by a couple different people. And then they finally announced it. That's to my knowledge, first time we've ever seen something like that in season from the Arkansas football program. I think the question that is – Well, stemmed, they've
1: done it before, yeah. just not in a while. Yeah,
4: I think the question that, that stems off of that, that a lot of people are asking, did Hunter tell Sam, hey, listen, you gotta,
6: you got to no. cut ties.
4: you got to no. do this, or is this something – why, 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 why are you asking that? Sometimes the athletic directors get to a point where they tell a coach, you've got to make a staff change. Well, and I can just tell
1: you with 100% certainty, that is not what happened. I will tell you with 100% certainty, bet my life on it, that's not what happened. Pretty clear. Sam Pittman made this call. Sam Pittman made this call. And
2: it's his call to make. I mean, you just look at the product. You look at the inefficiency. And this was, I mean, regression. I mean, that's the word. I I, I think it's gotten worse as the seasons roll on, not gotten better. And I think the answer was pretty obvious
1: after you go. I'm going to tell you why it was with Sam Pittman's goal. decision. Four I'm going to tell you. With one field goal. I'm going to tell you why it was Sam Pittman's decision. He's 61 years old. This is his one and only shot. You're not going to let anybody cost you that job if you can help it. It was his decision. He's fighting for his job. He knows it. And I'm sure he feels the pressure of fighting for other people's careers and lives, too. Um,. This was his call and it should have been and he made it. Was he too honest after the game? Was he too
2: honest about I don't know on the on the field goal? I know we're gonna get to that audio, but you know that's another thing is people were discussing the game and, and kind of you know, kind of figuring out where their opinions were on Sunday after the debacle on Saturday. He was brutally honest about himself in that post-game press conference. Let's not wait on Let's just play what he had
3: to say. I had decided it was fourth and four, I think, maybe fourth and three, right in Cam's range, and I didn't know what to do, to be perfectly honest with you. That. So I was probably about eight seconds in on the 42nd clock, maybe 10. And I decided to kick a field goal and we didn't kick it. We didn't get it off in time. That's the truth. I did not want to call a timeout at that point because I wasn't for sure. I even wanted to kick the field goal, to be perfectly honest with you. And we kicked it down to the two or whatever. And then the fans got really involved in it. But to be honest with you, I didn't know what to do. I didn't make the decision fast enough.
4: I think this staff sorely misses another head coach being Barry Odom. Now, defense was horrible last year. It's been documented over and over again. Travis Williams has done a tremendous job with this year's unit. But I think there's a need for another voice in that room that has been in these situations before. Well, because, I mean, the one-score games are documented over and over again. Arkansas is atrocious in these close ball games where coaching decisions matter. And another coaching blunder costs you in this game on Saturday. Well,
2: but what? Do you, how do you feel about your head coach saying, I don't know, I didn't know what to do? I mean, that's a point people are talking about this morning. That's a point we're getting text, and you we know, had not gotten a call yet about that on LaClarity Daniel Hotline. We had not played the audio, but I think guys, he, I think that's, you know, that's something that I think people are definitely talking about today.
1: The one thing that, you know, comes up oftentimes, not just in this situation, but in many, many others, is um, – we gripe about coach speak. We do. Oh, it's just coach speak. But then when a guy's brutally honest, man, will use his words against him in a heartbeat. And, um, you know, I've always thought, and some coaches do it very well, some coaches aren't so good at it. Um, these guys are exhausted. And, man, they're facing the firing squad. You know, 15, 20 minutes after the game's over. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure if he had an opportunity to rephrase that, he'd probably rephrase that. It was a brutally honest statement. The one thing that I've always said, and it's sad, but it's true. When you're the head coach of a major college football team, anything you say can and will be used against you. Yep. If you're not winning games. <laughs> In a court of public if you're opinion. Win- yeah. If you're winning games, you can say anything you want. You can do anything you want. If you're not winning games, everything you do is going to be used against you. And that's just the reality of it.
4: All right, back to the McClarty daniel hotline where Heath and BB is this morning, home of the Badgers. Heath, welcome into the program.
2: Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Hey, Heath.
5: Hey, well, you know, first of all, uh, those coaches are under the gun. You know, there's a lot of pressure going on, so he probably would have loved to rephrase that comment or that statement, but you're making $6 million a year. You're the coach of a major program in the SEC, the last thing you need to say is, I don't know. That's what you have an OC for a DC. If you don't know, you get with your staff and you figure out the answer. When you're making that type of money and you're in this league, that's uh, that's just inexcusable in my opinion. I mean, I, I get dismissing Enos. Um, I mean, the wide receivers are a huge issue too. They can't get any kind of separation. So I'm not sure exactly what Kenny Guyton is going to provide, but... I'm sure you guys watched the game. Was that not the most boring game that you've seen
1: in college football this year?
4: It's the worst SEC game of the day. Not even close. Oh, yeah. it's, I mean, it yeah, was. Yeah, I
1: mean, several days. There are there are fun defensive <laughs>
4: games like Alabama <laughs> and LSU that you enjoy watching. Just to do a good defensive lockdown battle,
2: but that oh. was more. What was it, Auburn and Mississippi State went three to two? And there was some weather involved in that. But this is the worst good weather game you probably ever watched.
4: And that's the other thing. It would be one thing if it was rainy or snowy, right. day, but which, again, in October, that's not too out of the realm of possibility based on our temperate weather. But, guys, you had perfect weather. You had 35 days that you've been outside of your stadium, and you give a crowd that had been just – Showed up. Play, that showed up and just clamoring for – anything to hold on to and that's what you get and we have to separate in boxes even though it's a team your defense and special teams once again came to play and your offense i don't know if like souther's just coached the offense or just coached the defense and special teams in the offseason but there's no physicality in the offense at all I, I mean it's like they didn't show for reps when it comes to the weight room they are still getting blown off the ball and getting well this is a technique issue a, 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 this and, is a technique by, issue this I, is not a strength issue and I was talking to a, a former offensive lineman that keeps pointing it out he's seen things that should be taught and corrected and they're still not so I don't understand
1: those are you, two separate issues though Ty when you talk about the the, the the physicality you're talking about the weight room and Souters working with guys in the offseason uh, those are all separate issues um, strength is not the issue this is a this is a technique issue well I still think to a certain
4: extent guys are getting but the technique everything you just said is right but when you do run run the football it's not just about technique, it's about strength and being able to just mollywop your guy on the other side. And they haven't been able to do that this fall. Again, they're averaging less than 90 yards against SEC opponents. And Tom did a good job documenting this in Hog Sports. So last year you had a top 15 total offense unit. This year you're outside
1: the top 110. I think you're 118. To and this that's play. why they fired the offensive coordinator. I mean... Yeah, I mean your numbers are all correct. I mean there's there's no disputing that. And that's why they made a change. Yeah. And you know if they don't
2: correct it over the next four weeks, there will be more changes to come. That's the that's the yeah. nasty nature of this business. You win or you go home. You win or you get fired. And and that's just the nasty reality that college football is.
1: Well, here's the thing that I think also has to be discussed is where as I think. Perhaps many in our fan base have moved into complete and total coach search mode. There's four games left to play. Mm -hmm. There's four or five weeks left to coach. And there's a third of the season that still remains, and all those games will be played. And, you know, they've, they, they, (laughs) I'm not saying that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an ideal situation, but, I mean, you got to go out there and finish this season. And no one right now, including Florida International. Affairs, well, nobody. nobody. No one. I mean, they, they all
2: think you're they, right they for all the pick. They smell picket. the blood. They think they you're smell a Patsy. The blood. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you overcome that and reestablish yourself and change the narrative? I mean, it's not going to, you know, it, it, it's not going to save your season even if you get to six and six. But it may save your job if you're Sam Pittman.
4: Well, the narrative of this SEC or this team right now is you're the Vanderbilt of the SEC West. That's the narrative of your football team. It's been that way this last decade. You've had two decent seasons with eight and nine wins, one other Pittman, one Bilma. You are the Vanderbilt of the SEC West.
1: Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479 531 2785. Five three one twenty seven eighty five online at Teague Law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball.
4: BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V. E A V Bet Online, where the game starts.
2: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
4: I just be a little lighthearted this morning. A guy I know has been divorced five times. Mm-hmm. That's the the link. Do you know anyone that's been divorced? Eight oh times? Yeah. yeah. Do you?
3: Yeah.
1: <sighs> I do. Yeah. Do you? Oh yeah. All right.
4: Hell yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. All right, let's keep them goals going, as Tommy said. PA is in Texarkana this morning. PA, it's been a while since we've got a chance to talk to you. What's up, man?
5: Well, it's just a couple of things I am saying here. At no point in time that I to hear anyone even intimate that we need to examine the fans of the University of Arkansas. Not one bit. I cannot think of a more long-suffering group Of people than the university of Arkansas sports fans are concerned. Than the the University of Arkansas fans, they give, they give, they give some more. They support, they support, they support some more. They love the Razorbacks more than anything else in the state, as far as you know, teams that you are sports icons, things like that. It's the Razorbacks. They love the Razorbacks. So don't even include our the fans in on this we need to examine them. Uh uh-uh. uh. Wrong answer there. Wrong
1: answer. I, I don't think anybody's saying that. Wrong I don't I don't think one of us. I don't, I said I don't, that don't think They're anybody's saying, saying we need to examine the fans. I, I that's 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 not what anybody's talking about.
5: In the fans in on that. I don't think you need to examine the fans.
1: I
4: don't think it PA I love you. I don't think anyone we're, said that this hey, morning. PA, we agree with you. Yeah, hundred percent. We're <laughs> we're, with, we're with you. We're with you. On that. I mean, you had you had what seventy one thousand people pay for tickets on Saturday after teams lost five straight. Mountain make it six.
1: See, you know when 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 we go through this, and we've seen it before. Um, <laughs> I I I I always hurt most for the fans because they. Um, as, as I said Friday, and it happened. I, I meet them every time we play at home. I mean, people that get up at 3 or 4 in the morning. PA's from an area where a lot of them do. And, I mean, they invest a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always hurt hurt for them. Uh, let's go back to
4: the McCarty-Daniel Hotline where Chris in Fayetteville is. Chris, welcome in.
5: Yeah, uh, I've just got a couple of comments. Uh, there's only two people responsible for the football season, the embarrassment. That's your check and Coach Pittman. Personally, I like Coach Pittman. They all, both of them need to be fired. And I'll give you this to think about. Um, you know, all the homers, uh, they're gonna, uh, make excuses for Coach Pittman in your check. And, uh, you know, he could lose every game for the next two years and they'll still be making excuses for him. So, in my opinion, you know, I think they both need to be fired. And you can think about this when Coach Pittman got here, he won with players that he did not recruit. Now he's got his football team, his players he recruited, and he can't win a game. And that's the only time that I got. Have a good day. Well, I think it's fair
4: that Sam Pittman and this staff misevaluated on the offensive line and, and offensive players, but. If you're gonna criticize him for that, you also have to give him credit for what they've done defensively with that unit. Special teams—you got probably top five special units team in the country. You got a top five defense in the SEC. Your offense is just like either the second or worst team in the conference. That's where you have to grapple with this
2: morning. All right, we fi- We got get to some text. We didn't we read the text much this morning. All right, to the uh, McClarty Daniel hotline. Uh, Matt in Baldwin says. He fixed the defensive coaching staff. He probably gets one last shot at fixing the offensive coaching staff. Talking about Sam Pittman there. Uh, Derek and Fayetteville. uh, Well, that one just moves. Jamie May. And uh, (laughs) these things are coming in so fast it's hard to read them fast enough. This is the most,
4: I'm going to be honest, and I'm not making this up or exaggerating to just say this, to say this this is the most text that we've ever Mm -hmm. received on the McCarty Daniel Hotline this morning for good reason. A lot lot
2: of text about the fans and PAs called. No one's after the fans. Yeah. I don't think anyone is. Let's go back
4: to the call and go to Pig Suey this morning. Pig Suey, what you got thoughts this morning,
5: man? Man, I just want to make a comment that <clears throat> make a baseball analogy. I know Chuck is a is a legend at calling baseball games, but we're at the third strike. Okay, it's three loser coaches we've brought in here. We did not see this with Frank Boyles. And I, I know we can talk about the SEC. We didn't see this. I'm raising kids that are that are a generation that have not seen Razorback greatness whatsoever, and it's 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 getting embarrassing, and it's hard to defend. You know, taking your Saturdays and basically telling your wife and kids, "Hey, the Razorback game's on. I'm not going to this ball festival. I'm not going to this wedding." <laughs> you know, and it's just you know, it's just it's getting frustrating. Uh, I never supported Sam Pittman. I think it's a loser choice when you hire somebody that's not a head coach. uh, Experience that can go in and and change deals, and you're having to depend on offensive coordinators. Sam Pittman's only as good as his offensive coordinators. Yeah, we've liked him. His personality has been pretty good. But at the end of the day, I think it was a bad decision by Hunter Yurchek to hire him. and, And he cannot defend this decision, and we look where we're at. And, Ty, I defend you. We are at the Chad Morris era. Yeah, yeah. we may look more competitive, but we just can't get a win, and it's embarrassing. I and a coach can't make decisions to, to put us in the right situation to win an SEC game. So it's getting embarrassing. They, they better cut bait while they can, bring in a real coach, with head coaching, pay them – Where's Walmart? Where's JB Hunt? Where's Tyson Foods? Where's the money in Northwest Arkansas? Oh, we got plenty we're, of we're money. If
1: money. If money, if if money was the issue, we'd 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 be near the top of the heap. I mean, we've, I mean we we've, we've paid guys not to coach for a while now. And I, I just want to be clear with what I said because I
4: know the the guys in the afternoon are potentially going to misuse it against me. I said we are in dangerous waters of hitting. That point of the Chadmore, they are not there right now. I know this this stretch of eight games has sucked. I'm with everybody there, but they are technically, at least at this point. I think I like the
2: analogy of headed to the beach. We're somewhere near Dumas yeah. getting chicken strips at the gas station. That That's where pretty, we're at right now.
4: That was pretty good. All right, back to the phone lines. The McCarty Daniel Hotline. Bethany is in Fayetteville. Bethany, welcome into the program. All right, Bethany, what's up?
5: Props with the defense, but I mean he's an offensive line coach, and it's not like he's making schemes over here like lane kiffin or anything like that he doesn't have that because so he should be focusing on the offensive line if that's what his uh, thing is if you get what i'm saying uh, because like lane kiffin like he doesn't focus on the defense let's be real so he gives that to his coordinator but he's not focusing on what his uh, um attributes are as offensive line coordinator
1: are you about well, i business? do know that yeah okay I know that Pittman, I mean, he had the, from what Geno said on one of our sideline reports, Pittman had, you know, he grabbed the board and he was over there personally with the offensive line during the, uh, during the game. They're going to have to address this in the portal. Um, This, 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 this will be addressed in the off season and the offensive line. Chuck, you made the point and
4: you're spot on. So again, Alabama has given up more sacks than Arkansas this year. I want y'all to think about that. Alabama, who has way better players in the offensive line, has given up more sacks in Arkansas this year. That, again, is the hardest position group from a continuity standpoint to bring guys in out of the portal, JUCOs or whatever. And I've talked with several former Razorback offensive linemen about this. The chemistry you have to have on the offensive line is different than anywhere else on the football field. It has to be cohesive or you're just done. So if they do that, which, like again, like you're saying, they are... You better hope these guys gel because if they don't, then we're going to be looking at another situation this next year. Because right now you don't have the guys on campus to compete
0: against SEC quality defensive lines and linebackers.
1: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light,
2: proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. You guys care
4: if we talk about something positive, what the basketball team did on Friday night? Well, they I destroyed
2: thought. him, didn't they? Yeah. Thrashing. I mean, it was. A it looked massacre. like what an exhibition game is it supposed to look like. Right?
4: Ninety-two to thirty-nine. Must really likes the depth of this team. This is the deepest team we've had for sure. I thought that guys checked into the game. They they played the way they were supposed to play, and and we have some some explosive scores in in Davenport and Battle that can really score the ball. And L's playing the right way, the way that we want him to play. And you know, we have two fierce competitors in Team Mark and and Devo. 12 guys on the roster had nine points or more on Saturday, or Friday, excuse me. It's a great game. I mean, you had a bunch of things. Tyler only hit one three in the game. You had a weird starting lineup with Ellis, Pinion, Mark, Lawson, and Bayfall. That's not how it's going to be, I think, this Saturday against Purdue, but they were sharing the rock, and from the people that saw it, they said it was fun to watch.
1: I think they probably had a great night, and it sounds like they were going to be a fun team to watch. Now, this was an exhibition game, and they played the University of Texas at Tyler. So I wouldn't read a whole lot into that part. We're going to find out more when they play Purdue. But you're not playing Purdue in the Elite Eight or the Final Four. It is an exhibition game. And um, I'm sure there will be times when it's treated as such. There will be times, I'm sure, when it's treated like you're playing in the Final Four. Uh, but it sure sounds like they've got a lot of depth, and it sure sounds like they're going to be fun to watch.
4: Well, you know how it goes. They win on Saturday. It's well, this is a real game. This is an exhibition game. If they lose. It's oh it's just an exhibition game. That's how fans are going to take it at this point. Well, Chuck, you're going to be there. Are you,
2: Tommy, on Big C, you're going to be there. Are You going, Tommy? I don't. I I don't know yet. I've got. Several things on the agenda. You know, when you get to my point, the kids just control your Mm -hmm. schedule.
4: And a a tea time, too? (laughs)
2: Well, no. no, Not not this weekend. Okay. Between weddings and kid activities and... Do you you have a wedding this weekend? I have a wedding that I'm uh, scheduled to attend.
4: Okay. Okay. That sounds... The wedding, at least they planned it on the bye weekend at that point. For someone that chastises me for all these fall weddings, it seems... Well, kinda, if it
2: wasn't for a bye weekend, it wouldn't even make the, the list it of seems possibilities. seems kind of
4: critical for you go to a fall wedding, but that's neither here nor there. All right, so everyone's mad right now. Sam Pittman's frustrated. I'm, I'm
2: entering. I'm in danger of entering Ty Richardson territory. That's what I'm in danger of. Well, if you went to like <laughs> if you went to like eight or
4: nine weddings a year, that would be the case. but you're just doing one, that is a, it's a different story. So everyone's mad right now. And the state feels like that the football teams let him down through eight games and coach Pittman said that here's what he said after the game
3: it's disappointing because I'm the head coach at Arkansas and this state deserves better that's the biggest disappointment because we've got kids in there playing their heart out we just got to figure out how way to score some points
4: I mean is it it really is that simple right I mean if you had any bit of offense this fall you would be five and three right now you might even be six and two I mean, that is legitimately where your football team is right now, where you have a top five SEC defense, probably the best or second best special teams in the league with Cam Little and Max Fletcher, who Fletcher once again had a great day on Saturday, and your offense musters three points, including zero in the second half. It is really that simple with this football team this year. I mean, that's
2: why they made a change. Yeah, I mean, you know. If you could fix one issue, guys, would it be offensive line? If you were able to wave the one and just sprinkle fairy dust, is is that the biggest issue you could fix for the last four games? Is figuring out some protection?
1: Oh, well, I think it all starts with those guys up there. I, I mean, yeah, I think that's uh, um, I think that's that's a big part of it. I think we're going to find out one way or the other. Um, over the course of the next four weeks, at least I think we'll have an eye issue perhaps, uh, an idea perhaps, of what the issue was. I-, I said earlier, I would expect a spike. I would expect a spike from the change of coordinators. I don't know that it's going to last. But I would expect a spike.
4: And in case you missed it, I should have probably let off of this. I buried the lead. Danny Enos has been let go and relieved of his duties by Sam Pittman and the University of Arkansas. Kenny Guyton will take over, calling plays effective immediately. That was posted about 2 o'clock yesterday when it comes to the change in staff here in Arkansas. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have
5: to put up with any malarkey call. 8888 Sparky.
4: All right, Jesse is in Mountain Home this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Jesse, welcome in. Hey, good
5: morning, guys. Um... You know, same as everybody else. Uh, well, I mean, not same as everybody else because I'm not on this uh, – I'm not on the bandwagon to, to kick Sam out the door. Um, I hear a lot of people say, well, he's supposed to be a great offensive line coach, Yada yada yada. Um, he's a head coach. There's a lot more going on than just one part of the field. Um, he's responsible for more than just what's going on with the offensive line. It's hard to give that much focus to one part of the game. Um, most people have said it. Two out of three aspects of this team are good. You know, and we got to give him a chance to make that change. He, may, he made a bad choice. He hired his friend. We all know that. Um, let's give him a chance to see what happens. I mean, I don't think he's out. Um, he's no way is he close to Chad Morris. Um, not even close because you couldn't. You couldn't get Chad Morris one out of three. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I think he deserves a, a little bit more time. I, I think he's he's done enough to at least get that camp. I'll hang up and listen.
1: It's it's frustrating when you lose, and I mean you can point at a lot of different things. It's 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 hard to say out of one side of your mouth, well, he needs to be coaching the offensive line, and then out of the other side of your mouth saying, but he needs to be the head coach so he can make those decisions at the critical moments. I mean, you can't do both mm-hmm. in a uh, um, in a game, or at least it's very difficult to yeah. do both. And I understand when you're losing, man. You I mean you point to everything. Yeah, this may be semantics,
2: but but who is the offensive coordinator? I know Kenny Guyton's going to call the plays. Who, who is the offensive coordinator of the next four weeks, Chuck?
1: Well, if Kenny Guyton's the one that's going to be calling the plays, he may not have the title, but he's the one in charge. You know, know, that would be the thing that I would I, – that would just – and look, I'm just guessing. I, yeah. I don't I don't know the di- – look, it's the head coach's football team. Right. And, but and, the guy that's calling the plays is going to be in charge.
2: And I ask the question because the follow-up is, you know, how, how much of Sam Pittman's fingerprints is going to be – on this offense, more so now than than it has been the first, you know, eight games of the year.
1: Well, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, do you want his focus to be on other
4: stuff when no. it
2: seems like that during Defense the course of his head
4: coaching calls they Special haven't been spot on
2: this year? Yeah. And this is where I think ninety nine percent of his time needs to be spent.
1: Town Russell.
4: Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zow's the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing start with Chuck here in Fayville this morning. Chuck, welcome into the program.
5: Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say that I think Sam will be a better fit now that he's experienced the misery that Hog fans have in the past. <laughs> and I'm not sure that he's ever experienced, you know, a, a losing streak like this, but, but Hog fans surely have. You learn from your mistakes, and, and being on the bottom will make you fight harder for success. Um, you know, I want to give Sam another season, another offseason to fix the offense and bring in a great offensive coordinator. And, you know, I just feel like now Sam can now relate a little bit better with his fan base. And we, we hired the, the first-time head coach, and we owe it to him to give him a chance to fix these problems. Thanks for taking my call, y'all.
4: Thanks, uh, Chuck, and y'all. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sam was on staff in 2013, 2014 when they lost every game to in the stretch, nine straight games. They lost this top of 2014, so he's been through the the tough times before here at Arkansas. Just wasn't the head coach. Yeah,
2: that's right. And um, I mean, no one. You, you. Those are the things you go to therapy to forget. Those are the things you want to suppress. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about the historical nature of six losses in a row last week. Um, I mean, these these are things that uh, Ty Jack Crow at ninety. Yeah, these are things you don't really consider when you take the job that these are going to be issues you're dealing with.
4: I think the other thing that, again, you talk about what Chuck and Fayetteville just said, giving him another year. I think what has to be said with this Arkansas football job right now is if you if you get what some of you wish and Sam Pittman is fired, whether it's midseason or at the end of the season, who do you think is going to want to take this job? Okay, I, I, I know that's not the situation we want to find ourselves at this point, but that is a legitimate question out there because you. Basically, you had a guy in Brett Bielema who had a huge track record of success in Wisconsin, failed at Arkansas. Chad Morris, great high school success, good coordinator success, not so much as a head coach, failed at Arkansas. Sam Pittman, again, he's been a head coach, just not at this level before. Great offensive line coach. If it was indeed that direction, that would be another one at this point. So you're not exactly in a great position as a football program right now to attract A hot kid. This is not your basketball program. This in-state talent. There's tradition. The tradition you have in your football is like 30-something years old, 30 or 40 years old. It's just a different level right now that this football team finds itself in, unfortunately. Mike's in Siloam this morning. Mike, welcome in on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Yes, yes, good
5: morning, guys. Well, I wanted to point out uh, since 13 months ago, When Arkansas was rated in the top ten under Sam Pittman at number nine and they went to go play Texas A&M down in Dallas, they have gone six and 16 since that point. Sam Pittman has only won six games out of 22 chances. If that's not fireable, I don't know what is.
2: Yeah, they've had a rough stretch. Uh, I don't think I can really push back on that at all. I didn't realize it was that was the record, I mean, since that point. I, mean, I didn't contemplated adding that up. We, talk, we talked about that season being
4: defined by that one play. When you're up 14-7, to 7, KJ jumps for the end zone, fumbles it. They take it back. It's 14-all just like that. I mean, that, might, that might not be a play that just defines the season, but defines Sam Pittman's tenure here in Arkansas. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. All right, Steve's in Berryville this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Steve, welcome in.
6: Hey, guys. Uh, Ty, uh, you stole my thunder a little bit. Uh, I think Pittman's a really good guy, and that's why everybody was taken aback when uh, he made that comment. It was an honest comment, but it's not normal coach speak. Uh, the, the landscape at Arkansas has changed. Back when I played, I was recruited by Alabama and Oklahoma and offered, but I said, you know, Arkansas was the top five or ten team. Why don't go 50 miles up the road where my parents could watch me play? But we've lost that cachet, and, and it's hard to recruit to Arkansas. Little Rock used to be a hotbed of recruiting. That's gone. And and it, it. I think Pittman's a good guy, but I don't know who you could bring in other than a Nick Saban who could suddenly make people come to Arkansas. When, when an Arkansas coach used to go to a high school campus, everybody paid attention. It got around real quick. We were a big deal. We were like Nebraska, Notre Dame, Texas, name them. But uh, we've lost that, and it's going to be really hard to get it back. Now you're one of 20 schools that go in, and, and you're like South Carolina and, and Tulane and people like that. And 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 if you're a kid in Georgia or Texas or Florida, why are you going to come to Arkansas? Back, back when I played, you wanted to come to Arkansas. You're going to play in the big bowls. But we've lost that, and it's going to be really hard to get that back. I'm not sure changing coaches is going to change it. Maybe that's above my pay grade. But I feel for Pittman. I think he's a genuine guy. Um, what I don't understand, just so nobody will think I'm a nice person, is that I don't know what Kennedy's doing there. Um, that, that, that's the dangest thing I've ever seen. It's totally clueless, and, and I cringe every time I watch the, the linemen. But that's, that's a whole other conversation. But um, it's going to be hard for Arkansas to get back to the level they should. We're kind of like Minnesota. To a certain extent, Nebraska is having the same problems. So I'll get off and leave it there. But uh, it, it, I don't know the answer. But but Arkansas has got a tough hill to climb to get back to where they were, where people want to come to Arkansas. And um, I'll leave it there, unless you got a question.
1: Thank you, Steve. I think you know. I think there's some points there that are well made, and there are some points there that are just cold hard reality. Um, the progress, and I know that this is not the day that a lot of people want to hear this but we are better off than we were a couple of three years ago four years ago five six years ago the problem is at a place like arkansas the climb is extremely slow and, and you know we were talking a little bit earlier not i don't want to beat a dead horse here i was looking at some of the scores as you guys were talking here of the chad morris era what we're upset about right now is that we're losing one-score games. That's what we're all mad about. We're so close, losing one-score games. Got to be the coach. Got to be some reason, guys. I was looking at these scores that last year of Chad's situation. First off, he lost to Missouri thirty-eight to nothing. You know, in his first year. The next year, guys. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule here. Um, I mean, we're losing to San Jose State. We're losing to Auburn by 41. We're losing to Alabama by 41. We lost to Mississippi State by 30 the year after losing to them, 52-6. to We lost to Western Kentucky by 26. We lost to LSU by 36. Now, we weren't even competitive in those games. You want to talk about being the worst of the worst. We were the worst of the worst during that era. And I realize if you want to be bottom line, if you want to say, well, the records are similar, and so we're in the same territory, we're not even close to that. But at a place like Arkansas, the steps are very, very slow. NIL has changed things, guys. That's a subject for a different day, but NIL has changed things a lot, and I don't know that we've benefited from it very much, to be honest with you. But – it is a very slow slog, and it is painful, and it's not any fun today right now. And I know I'm saying what people don't want to hear. But, guys, if firing and hiring was the answer, gosh, we'd go to Atlanta a lot because we sure do fire and hire a lot. Well, I mean, if you if you want to make the comparison
2: to what's going on now versus a, a previous regime, it would be more to Bielema because there were more close losses there that he couldn't get over the hump. Chad Morris didn't have a lot of close losses. They were just blowouts. I mean, what we're seeing with with uh, Sam Pittman is a lot more comparable to the Brett Dilema era where it was, hey, we're close, we're close, and it, literally they were. Um, it was the blown leads, like you referenced earlier, and I never, I'll never forget the feeling leaving the stadium in Charlotte after losing to Virginia Tech. I'll never forget that feeling. <laughs> what you but,
4: tell? what you tell the guy to have, Just wait. Oh yeah, the B Tech.
1: I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> oh. wait. Well, I mean, but, and if you but, look but, <laughs> but it's, back, it's far more, it's more the, comparable
2: to then than than what went on under Moore. Yeah.
1: Well, if you look back then, I mean, if you run the ball one drive against Missouri, the one drive. Against Virginia Tech, you win both those games. And the whole thing the next year might have been different. But you didn't, and it wasn't.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's also some truth to get into what Steve talked about with Little Rock. I mean, your, your high school grassroots, and I don't know if this is like someone the head of the AAA needs to figure this out. I don't know if there needs to be more of an emphasis on high school football. But you, you're talking about the, the slow progress, Chuck. It's not going to be expedited with the in-state talent that you
1: have because we are Well, so this is f- about economics. The, uh, that's a different... Uh, yes, you're right about the in-state guys, but the 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 way the, the economic shift in our state has happened over the last 20 years has affected high school football, recruiting in our state, the programs that are good, where the money goes, the size of the coaching staffs, the financial health of the school district... Um, all that's changed over the last 20 or 30 years in our state.
2: Yeah, but you mentioned the job and what it is now. I mean, you know, when when it comes time for Arkansas to hire a next coach, and, you know, whether it's, you know, at the end of this season or several seasons down the road, one of the first questions that has to be asked and answered by Hunter Urechek and by the party on the other side is, how much money do you have for NIL every year? I mean, that's not a conversation you were having when you hired Sam Pittman. That's a good point. I mean, but now that's... It's not so much how much are you going to pay me, how much money do I
1: have in the coffer to,
2: to go get kids because that's, that's the game now.
1: Well, and, and, and sometimes when, a, when an athletic director talks to a coach and then doesn't hire him, you assume that the athletic director passed on him. When an athletic director interviews a coach... That coach is interviewing that athletic director as much as that athletic director is interviewing that coach. And don't think otherwise. If you're going to go out and hire what most fans would call a big name, you know, a big name, you're not interviewing him. He's interviewing you. That's just the truth.
4: Mm -hmm. Let's talk to JB, who's in Huntington this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. JB, welcome in.
5: Hey, how you doing? I sure appreciate being on the radio. I went to the game... And man, the ripping was pretty bad. I, I might have missed something on that where we scored a touchdown and they called it off. Did I never did see a flag or a hat? Did, what was the deal
2: on that? It was a false start or an illegal motion that was called that killed the play. The play, yeah, the play technically never happened. Never happened. You know, I know what we what we saw, but the play was killed at the
4: snap. I think explain the difference between that and a legal shift because I have well, fans I, I,
2: complaining about. A false start uh, would would be when, the, in the referee's judgment, he feels like the, the, the player's action simulated the start of a play. An illegal motion or an well, illegal shift would be action that didn't occur in the neutral zone where the player might have been moving yeah. forward or two players yeah. in motion. Uh,
1: if yeah, if there had been a better snap and we'd heard the whistles, we'd all realize what was going on. Mm-hmm. But when the snap was bad and the crowd went crazy, Correct. it was hard to figure out what was going on. Correct.
4: Yeah. Arnett, uh, Arnett definitely got away with one. there's no question about that. JB, we appreciate you calling in this morning. Let's go to Kenny in Panama City. Kenny, welcome into the program, man.
5: Uh, good morning, Harry. Also, hey, Kenny. Uh, so I was watching the game on on the TV, and the announcers were talking about like uh, how our receivers were like running their routes too close together. Um, is that something that? Like, I, I, I don't know if it's been doing it all season uh, or if it's part of the offensive scheme that Enos had or if they were just being taught wrong. Can it be uh, – well, Bad I know reads. it can be fixed. but Bad reads. Like,
1: I'm sorry? Bad reads, I think, would be the simple answer on that, that uh, um, when, when, when you've got two receivers – that are in the same vicinity, and I, I didn't watch the telecast. Obviously, I don't I don't I don't know what was said. But if you've got two receivers in the same vicinity, somebody's made the wrong read. Somebody's made a read either at the, you know they've they've gone to the wrong spot. I mm-hmm. guess would be
4: the simple way to put it. And sometimes you have concepts, uh, Kenny, that are based on zone and based on man, and sometimes players see something differently, and that's what lines them up in the same spot. Plus, KJ had a few reads on Saturday that guys were open and he just missed on. All right, Brent's Brentson Stuttgart this morning on the McCarty data hotline Brent welcome in
5: uh just and Tommy what's going on good morning Brent,
1: how are you buddy Chuck, I've, se- I've
5: seen that be- I've seen better Saturdays I've seen better Saturdays I feel I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot, a a lot of better Saturdays but...
1: that's one of the worst ones I've seen
5: oh I've se- hey I've seen a lot of bad football in my life, and that was the worst. That was the worst. That was the worst in my fifty-five, almost fifty-five years. That was my. That was the worst Saturday I've ever seen. Um, I got a, I got a real question. I got a real question for you. At at some point, there's gonna to have to be a big, big decision. That's gonna be, that's gonna have to be made. I'm gonna have to, I'm just gonna have to tell you. And I hate it. I hate it. It's like, let's just put it to you this way. I couldn't win the Boston Marathon if I wanted to. You could give me brand new tennis shoes. You could give me, you could put a brand new coat of paint on me. It's not happening. And I hate to say it. I don't know that that this program going anywhere fast with the current regime if they think the change in offensive coordinators, I mean, we're just putting a Band-Aid over a massive, massive rut, okay? It's not going to cover up nothing. It's not going to help us 434 in the game the next four games. We've got major decisions that need to be made. In the next four weeks, we all agree with that.
4: I think we've said it all morning that this coaching staff is coaching for their their lives and their the rest of not just the season but the seasons to come. I don't think they get any pushback from many of us on that, Brent.
2: All right, y'all have a great day. Thank you. I mean, and that goes for the side of the ball that that has played stellar, outstanding the defensive side because if there's you know, if this goes poorly the next four weeks and there's a change at the top, it, it's a change for everyone. I mean, and it's really unfair when you had a defense that has played as outstanding as they have, special teams that has been outstanding. I mean, it, Chuck, I mean, it's, it, it's not hard to identify where the problem is. And the first step to correcting that occurred yesterday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're 2-6 and six and you, uh, you can't seem to find a way to win, I mean, things like this are going to happen. And it's just um, it's the reality of college sports. And, you know, we can all speculate on what may happen the last four weeks, last four games, and some of it may be spot on, some of it may be way off. Um, but I do know this thing's got to play out. And, you know, I also know that a lot of people have switched modes right now. Um, the season's over for a lot of people, and I understand that, but it can't be over for them. they got to play out four weeks, and, yes, what happens over the course of these next four weeks is going to go a long way uh, toward determining a lot of people's futures. But they know that. I mean, there's, there's, there's not anything that's going to happen uh, today or tomorrow or the next day that um, these guys hadn't been through before. And it's tough for everybody and bottom line you just got to find a way to win a game this podcast has been presented by bet online
2: this podcast is an exclusive property of pearson broadcasting it may not be copied reproduced modified published uploaded reposted transmitted or distributed in any way without pearson broadcasting's prior written consent subscribe to the hit that line podcast network the best podcast in the natty state just search hit that line wherever you listen to podcasts